Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Amber and the podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing. That's Sacred Space Healing and the website is sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to the channel, I'm a Reiki master teacher, shamanic practitioner and energy healer and coach and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. These podcasts have been running for a pretty long time as well and they're here to assist you on your journey of gnosis and spirituality and self-healing. The website to find out more information about me and the work and also to link into other podcasts, blog posts, meditations uh, and the YouTube channel is sacredspacehealing.org. So welcome to everyone that listens in. Thank you for all your lovely messages of support and also all your donations. All your donations go straight back into creating more free content. So if you'd like to donate, there's a donate button on the website um, and I think there'll also be a donate button on the podcast podcast channel. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and uh, major listening channels as well. And there will be a QA and a podcast coming soon so if there are any questions that you feel haven't been addressed in the podcast feel free to send those questions through to amber at sacredspacehealing.org. So in today's podcast I'd like to shine a light on the dark feminine and it will just be shining a light because it's quite a, uh, a vast topic. Probably around five, six years ago was the emergence of a trend in a reverence of the dark feminine. So by the dark feminine, I mean the, the sort of the darker uh, goddess energies of the, fe- of the feminine. Kali, for example. Um, Lilith. Persephone, who goes deep into the underworld and and then is reborn, um, are some examples. And it felt like there was quite a a resurgence of the dark feminine, of the black Madonna, um, in in spiritual circles around five, six years ago, that we, we kind of started to move away from this idea that the goddess and the feminine had to be Bridget or Aphrodite or this kind of nymph-like um, fairy being and that she was allowed to be angry and raging and vindictive and destructive because we had shunned those sides of ourselves away for too long and in so doing and in, in kind of locking those sides of ourselves away in, in cupboards and suitcases uh, and in the darkness that we were denying our power but we were also denying our healing, that we weren't really being authentic. And so this emergence started of embracing the dark feminine, embracing the lower world, embracing Lilith uh, as, a, um, as an equal to Eve. And in our stories of mythology, spirituality, you have these two women, you have Lilith and you have Eve, Lilith being the original, the first woman the first woman that Adam encountered. But she was too, she wasn't willing to be tamed by him. She didn't want to be submissive. She wanted their relationship to be equal. And because she wanted that equality, sexually, physically, emotionally, mentally, and Adam couldn't handle that, so goes the story, she was banished. She was banished from um, Eden, if you like. She was banished from his life and smeared 
she lots of things were made up about her about how she was a loose woman um she was a harridan she was uh, a, a, this impossible evil being and a new woman was created that would be more pleasing to adam and the new woman was eve and she was made of his rib and she would be the one that would submit to him and that would be the dutiful wife i mean this is how mythology and spirituality i'm massively paraphrasing but it's it's some of how it goes so lilith was cast out she was the dark feminine and eve was the kind of light feminine if you like the the aphrodite um you know the the bridget the the, the fairy energy um and the backlash that we started to see which is which i think has always been there but the backlash that was sort of building up momentum probably five, six years ago, was about embracing this dark feminine, um, finding her in our stories, in our spirituality, in our myths and our legends, and actively bringing her to the surface, not only in um, our spiritual circles, but in ourselves. And many women across the world embrace this. They embrace their anger, their pain, their grief, their rage. They embrace their darker side, the sides of them that are have been, could have been, can be manipulative, vindictive, can use magic to create spells um, that are not necessarily in everyone's highest interests. And the story of Lilith went that she, that, you know, she was so enraged, she was so uh, devastated by her rejection that she wrought pain and suffering on the world to, to work through her own grief and her own pain she uh, killed, you know, newborn babies. She made women infertile. She was the source of strife um, between a man and a woman. And that's how the mythology goes. And so when this resurrection of the dark feminine started to happen in our spiritual circles, a lot of women were tapping into that energy of the rage of the feminine, the feminine that has been abused and raped and rejected, uh, that the masculine has tried to dominate, um, who has stood up for herself and then been ridiculed, um, who has been drowned and burned at the stake. Uh, that was the energy that was being tapped into. And so for many women, this was incredibly empowering to find that rage, to find that very deep-seated well of power that is um, universal, that it's not just to do with us or our ancestors or our story, but it's actually a universal story that, that collectively we can tap into. And, you know, and, I, and I think, you know, myself, even in my journey, I was fascinated by this idea of the dark feminine, although it never really called to me. Something didn't feel truly authentic about it. I think what has happened with that is a Pandora's box has been opened, and now it's really hard to put the lid back on. What it has unleashed is this darkness within the feminine to a point of destruction, not only of the world, her sisters, the masculine, herself, but even beyond that. What it's also done is it unleashed this darkness that it is very hard to contain and that it is very hard to see through. It, in many ways, has to run its course now, meaning that the grief and the rage and the anger and the subjugation and the confusion, um, the disassociation the disconnection all of these things that are associated with the dark feminine the witchcraft the spell making and casting has all come to the surface 
And many women have got caught up in that. So many women have gone to these dark feminine circles and workshops and activations and whatever else they're called in a quest to heal themselves and kind of got caught up in a web which isn't serving them necessarily or anyone else to be in the light. Um, But they're so caught up in it now that they think that what they're doing is a service and it's wonderful and, uh, and it's in alignment with their truth and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I can't really comment on that. But I have seen a lot of women fall into spell casting and witchcraft hood uh, or ness, however you want to term it, in this quest to unearth their truth and their power. And that actually power isn't about trying to dominate another, control another. I mean, that's the whole story of Lilith. She didn't want to be controlled by Adam. She wanted there, there to be equality between them. That's the true story of Lilith. She wasn't looking to control him or for him to control her. She was looking for an equal relationship. Um, And the rise of the dark feminine has almost fallen into the stereotype of Lilith. The rage, the, the spell casting, the manipulation, the sexual manipulation, rather than the striving for equality. And so many women have fallen into, as I say, witchcraft or spellcasting, thinking that they're embracing a power. And I've yet to speak to a woman who calls herself a witch who isn't using uh, knowledge to manipulate others. They sort of feel that they found some kind of ancient power and it's wonderful and exciting and it gives them an edge. But when you dig deeper with what they're actually using their power for is often for personal gain, so to get a job, to get money, to get that man, or to to uh, dominate, so to hurt another woman, a rival, to hurt another man, to um, manipulate in some way. They're not using this ancient knowledge to do good in the world. It's tainted by the edge of the dark feminine who is raging in pain, uh, wants revenge, and so forth. Well, so why do I mention this? Why even do a podcast on it? Well, because I feel that this has happened to a lot of women knowingly and unknowingly. Now, some have knowingly embraced this and that's the path that they want to walk, but others have got caught up in it and in the sort of mire of it, in the seduction of it, because the dark feminine is very seductive and the sexual energy of it, they're losing their way. And one of the reasons why we have the chaos that we have in the world right now is because so many people have lost their way. If any of you have listened to this channel from the moment I began these podcasts to this moment in time, I have said consistently, not only in podcasts, but in teaching circles and with my clients, that we have to awaken. We have to elevate our consciousness. We have to see through the veils of illusion. We have to see through the bullshit. And until we do that, our world will not change. And that, yes, we can do it on a personal level, you know, on a kind of micro cosmic level with our relationships and our inner healing. But we also have to do it on a macro level, as in we have to peel away all of the uh, blinkers and really see the world for what it is, really see the levels of manipulation and the ways that we have been subjugated and manipulated and played for a very long time. And once we see it, we can then transcend it and create something new. 
but we can't we can't create something new while we're in it and what a lot of people have tended to do is do the inner work and then stop from wanting to see more and then continue to play within the rules of the matrix to create this blissful life in inverted commas for themselves but all they're really doing is selling aspects of their soul and all they're really doing is buying into more of the bullshit um you know being awake i think the term woke now has become politicized well it was always politicized in some ways but it's become brutalized let's say but being awake in spiritual circles is about being able to to really see what is in front like really see what is in front of you and the levels of reality and of course we're not really able to cope with that if we saw everything for what it really was we'd combust with the kind of enormity of it. I mean, we use such a small percentage of our brains and we see such a small percentage of the reality that is out there. But we do have those moments of lucidness. Um, I've particularly found them when I've come out of ceremony and I'm integrating back into the world is that the world suddenly seems very different to me uh, than it did, say, you know, pre-ceremony. And that's because I'm seeing it for what it is. I'm also seeing the beauty, but I'm also seeing the um, the destruction or the negativity, if you like. So I've said for a very long time in these podcasts that it's important that we awaken, and until we awaken, the world is going to continue to disintegrate and dissolve into a kind of chaos and madness. And, you know, people don't really, I don't think people ever really believed it when I sat in circle and said that. But spirit was moving very strongly through me um, with that message. And, and we see it now in the world that we have, where the darkness has taken over. And it's taken over people's lives and, and manifested in many different ways, from poverty to fear to destruction to death to illness and so forth. And part of that process has been this awakening of the dark feminine, as I say, as a kind of Pandora's box that no one has put the lid back on. And part of that was probably at some level an agenda to, to unleash this force on the world. Um, and then to let it run amok and see what happens. And it's our responsibility as individuals to navigate the dark feminine within us, to tame her, to cajole her, to appease her, to love her, to empower her, and to at other times, you know, tell her to shut up and sit down. Like it's our responsibility to do that individually. And if each and every one of us does that, then it will have a, a manifestation on the collective level. But as I say, what happened was a lot of women opened up this dark feminine and got caught up in the darkness, and are now part of the spell matrix. They're now part of the web. And they don't even realise that they're part of the web. That's the kind of um, deeply disappointing and sad thing, is that they don't see. They can't see anymore. And our ancient texts, whether they're religious or spiritual, talked about the, 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 time, the times in the evolution of humanity where mankind uh, can no longer see or hear uh, or perceive the truth. And we're, we're in that, you know, we're, we are collectively in that, that actually it is a minority that can see what is happening right now. And the minority is scared or being ridiculed or ostracized in some way and feeling very isolated on the whole. And that the majority cannot see what is happening um, until it might be too late. Um, and we have been on this sort of precipice, this crisis point for a very long time. Everyone thought 2012 was, you know, heralding the beginning of something new and all that needed to happen was 2012 needed to happen and suddenly our lives would change. 
that's not how it works. It was an invitation for us to collectively start to do the work in order to move uh, humanity and the collective into a higher vibration. And what I collectively, what I saw as a healer over the last 10 years, um, from around 2010 to 2020, was a lack of discipline and a lack of doing the work. I saw it in my students and I saw it in my clients, not across the board, um, because there were many that pushed themselves and went that extra mile. But what I saw was this inability in people to keep forging ahead and keep doing the work and keep waking up and keep pulling away the layers of illusion and to keep digging deeper. What they would do is reach a level of this is comfortable and then just stay there or this feels empowering or this is work, this is a nice little space to be in and then just stay there. And usually it's staying in the space of being able to manifest stuff. And so the dark feminine uh, energy got stuck in that space of, oh, it feels really good to be raging and screaming and using that power to manifest and going into the dark womb. Um, I'm going to stay here. Or it feels really good to be in this space of um, the feminine has been in the darkness for so long and we have to keep, um, we have to keep swimming around in that darkness uh, because out of that comes creativity or out of that comes connections or, you know, whatever. And it feels comfortable to stay there. And of course, if it feels comfortable, you'll be enabled. There'll be people around you that don't want you to move out of that vibration um, and want you to stay in that vibration. So the unleashing of the dark feminine has been one of the major forces that has led to the world that we have now. But it's not just to do with that. It's also to do with individual responsibility and individual apathy in not doing the work. Fundamentally, no one can force us to do the work. You know, like no one can force you to work with a healer or a coach or meditate every day or clear your energy field to have a connection, um, a resonance to higher energy. Your consciousness can travel as high as it needs to. You can elevate your understanding of the laws of the universe uh, in a limitless way. You know, the literature is there, the teachers are there. They're not always readily accessible, more less and less so accessible these days, but it is possible. But the will has to be there. And what often gets in the way for people is, as I say, comfort and ego. And I've seen it in circles, I've seen it in workshops, I've seen it with students, I've seen it with clients, I've seen it with, you know, people close to me. The ego gets in the way of, well, I, I know everything, I found my tribe. I found my circle, you know, uh, I got a bit of success, I found the partner, I got the home, I got the uh, promotion, I've got the money in the bank, so why do I need to keep digging deeper? And we all fall for that, I've fallen for that in my time. But eventually, all of that, everything that we've built our lives upon, will be betrayed, will reveal itself for what it really is. And this is why a lot of people reach 50, 60, 70 and have these sort of midlife crises because suddenly everything that they refuse to look at is now staring them in the face. And I think for a lot of people right now, what's happening in the world is a kind of midlife crisis as we're having to face the levels of corruption and duplicity and fear and game playing and abuse that have been going on for so long that for many people it's an overwhelm. You know, for many people, it's an overwhelm to even 
imagine that within so many industries, like, say, the entertainment industry, but many other industries, uh, academia and so forth, that there is so much abuse and has been so much historical abuse for so long. They can't compute it. They can't compute that that many women have been raped or abused or that many people have had their uh, civil liberties denied them for that long because they didn't pull away the smoke screens. They didn't pull away um, the, the veils of illusion and dive deeper in their journey of gnosis, of self-knowing. And so now suddenly it's smacking them in the face and it's, like, it's an overwhelm. Um, and that overwhelm then leads to people wanting to take revenge or quickly change something. But the fact is we're just being shown what was always there. And you either saw it or you didn't. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. So the thing about gnosis and spiritual development is that once you get there, you can't undo it. You can choose to lower your vibration and your frequency and not see anymore. But um, that's quite a difficult choice for people to make. Because once you've seen the world for what it is and how it works and you've seen through the veils, why would you want to go back to complete um, numbness, which is really the state that people would return to? So what do we do about this dark feminine? Well, I think we have to embrace her in ourselves and love her and honour her. Um, but she also needs a place in our world. You know, she can't run amok. She can't take over proceedings. There needs to be balance. I think we need to be honest, brutally honest with ourselves. You know, are we allowing ourselves to abuse others under the guise of honouring our dark feminine? Are we saying that we've found spirituality under the guise of casting spells on others to hurt them and harm them in some way? We need to have those moments of self-reflection, you know, to take stock of our thoughts and our intentions and our actions. And in so doing, we integrate the dark and the light within us. It's ongoing work. You don't just do it in a workshop. You don't just do it in a, in a healing session. It's ongoing work. One of the things that I love about the Core Wound program and then the Sacred Union work that I offer is that it is about that union. It is about that alchemy. And when people find that alchemy, it's normally very transformative should they choose to keep on that path of self-discovery and alchemy and gnosis. It's a really wide topic. I'm only shining a light on it to spark some thought, some interest, and to see where that takes you. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace, and abundance. Until the next time.